I think one of the most important artistic lines of the last 10 years is this. And this is a bold claim. There are moments that words don't reach, suffering too terrible to name. So you hold your child as tight as you can and you push away the unimaginable. These are words from the Broadway hit musical Hamilton. It tells the story of, or this particular song, is the moment in the story where Alexander and his wife are grieving the death of their son. It captures so much of what our souls already know to be true, that there are moments that words don't reach. There's suffering too terrible to name. So you hold your child as tight as you can and push away the unimaginable. This line has been on repeat in my mind lately because there are moments in this world too terrible to name. I mean, war, that's the easy one. Our kids fighting in those wars, that's where it gets even harder. Our parents dying, our children suffering, our spouses separating, jobs changing, our hearts breaking. And if it gets bad enough, Words stop reaching to the depth of the regret and the sadness that we feel. And the suffering gets so dark. It becomes like a shadow that blocks us from feeling and being at home and who we are. It leaves us homesick. When we experience this kind of suffering, most of us do what is natural. We protect ourselves by pushing everything and anything that comes close to us further away. We live a distant, regrettable, unimaginable life. Every person in this world suffers or has suffered unimaginable things. And when that suffering becomes too terrible to name, returning on our own becomes impossible. We're too trapped. We can't see a way out of where we are and we need someone. We need a shepherd to come and to set us free. I believe that this describes the human condition, that we live with unimaginable suffering, which causes us to get lost, and we can't come back on our own. We need a savior, a shepherd, someone that can bring for us release, help us become home free. Well, I do have good news. In Jesus, we have that. And there's really no better place to help describe it than here in Luke 4. I mean, scripture says that Jesus is filled with the Spirit. It's basically hopping from synagogue to synagogue, preaching, and everyone that will let him speak, he goes. Reports start spreading among the people. Word gets out. They're coming from near and far to hear what this Jesus has to say. So then he heads home to Nazareth. He arrives on the Sabbath, just in time for worship. Jesus works his way into the synagogue, and elders take their seats on the platform. The front few seats in the synagogue are reserved for the spiritual leaders, the elite. So all of you in the first five rows, good work. The rear was reserved for the women and the children and the less elite. So, hello everyone. 
And then there was always a section for the lepers that was even further distant. So, hello up in the balcony. The service would always begin with the reciting of the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. A minister would then lead the congregation in a prayer. Everyone would stand and they would turn and face south towards Jerusalem. As the prayer ends, everyone would sit back down and then another minister would take a scroll from the ark and would place it on the lectern and begin to read something from the law or the Torah. Now what is supposed to happen next is a speaker then reads from the scroll slowly And then an interpreter stands next to them and speaks in Aramaic. Everyone spoke Aramaic, but the law was written in Hebrew, so it would be read in Hebrew, interpreted in Aramaic. After the minister gets done reading, the minister would then give a short description, a sermon of what was just read. The minister then offers the benediction, and synagogue is over. Everyone gets to go on their way. But this story in Luke 4, it starts ordinary but it becomes anything but. I mean, Jesus shows up and he complies by sitting in the back of the room. He complies by standing and reciting the Shema. He complies by offering a prayer facing Jerusalem, but when the minister stands to read the scroll out of the ark, Jesus does not comply. He steps around the people sitting on the floor, works his way to the platform, pulls out a different scroll from the ark. He doesn't grab the law, which was customary. He grabs Isaiah, and he reads the unimaginable. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Okay, you have got our attention, Jesus. Everyone in the room would have perked up, even the lepers in the back. I mean, they're thinking, what is he doing? Why isn't he reading the law for one? And what is he doing up there? And he's reading from Isaiah. He's saying that the Spirit is on him, anointing him, giving him the good news to share. And then Jesus continues, He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now remember, Jesus is brand new to ministry. This is Luke chapter 4. It is not Luke chapter 24. People are hardly even know who he is. Hardly any miracles or sermons or healings have occurred yet. He is just getting started. And so out of the gate, he tells everyone, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I have come to bring, and I love this word, release. Release from bondage. Release from captivity. Release from the sins of the flesh and the sins of our heart. Release from feeling undeserving. Release from feeling underappreciated. Release from feeling and being abused. Release from being inferior or weaker or subservient or pushed out or a nobody, oppressed, unloved or unforgiven. Release from blindness and poverty and unimaginable suffering. Jesus has come to bring release to any one of us whose souls are grieving, who thinks that there are moments that words don't reach, that suffering is too terrible to name. So you hold your child as tight as you can and you push away the unimaginable. All of us 
are in need of a Savior who can set us free. Several years ago, what I thought was the most horrific thing I had ever seen was unfolding in real time on the news. Haiti was hit by a devastating earthquake and then another devastated aftershock right after that. We watched in real time as hundreds, thousands of people killed, thousands of people injured, houses torn down like Lincoln logs, the capital city and the governmental buildings destroyed, people smashed under rubble, bodies that were never found. It was unimaginable. At the time, I remember thinking, I can't imagine seeing anything worse. And then a few weeks later, the school shooting at Sandy Hook took place in Newtown, Connecticut. Innocent children attacked in their own schoolroom, shot, killed, unimaginable. I didn't think I would ever see anything worse. That was 2012. There have been countless unimaginable moments since. San Bernardino, Ferguson, Orlando, France, Las Vegas, Charlottesville, the natural disasters that we see unfold on the news, hurricanes in North Carolina, Puerto Rico, tsunamis across the world, snowpocalypse that shuts down people on the interstate, forest fires, flooding, tornadoes, bombings. I mean, the list of suffering, it's unimaginable. Every time I keep thinking that this has to be the worst thing I have ever seen, and then something else comes up. I mean, the last several years have been terrible. They've been hard on families. It's been hard on all countries around the world. I mean, COVID has shut down so much of the life we hoped to live. Even today, numbers are continuing to skyrocket. All of these moments leave us feeling like words just can't reach. It's too terrible to name. So instead, here we are, trapped in despair, held captive by the fear and anxiety of the moment. It's in the face of these travesties, both the personal sufferings that we face every single day, and then also the large-scale sufferings that we endure together, that I would implore you to turn to Luke 4 and to believe in your soul that what Jesus reads from Isaiah back then, he intended for you to hear too. Jesus will bring you release. Which brings up a very important point. That final line that Jesus quotes is in the year of the Lord's favor. Sounds like a benediction, perhaps a throwaway line, but it is anything but. He's quoting Isaiah 58.6, which is interpreting Leviticus 25. In ancient Jewish culture, there was something known as the year of Jubilee. Now, Jubilee actually means release, which is a Cool little connection. So accordingly, this is what the year of Jubilee was. Every 50th year was the year of Jubilee. And during that year, everything would be returned to its original ownership. Debts would be completely canceled. Those managing their debts by being sold into slavery would be released. The year of release 
is supposed to remind Israel that God's sovereign over the land, that God's reign will bring freedom from bondage and will return everyone home scot-free. Now, interestingly, this law is in the Bible, that every 50th year would be the year of Jubilee. But here's something even more interesting. There is not one single episode in human history that has the year of Jubilee recorded as actually being enacted. It's safe to assume it never was. We never experienced as humans the year of Jubilee. So in Luke 4, here's Jesus declaring that he's going to do it. I'll be the one. I'm the Jubilee. I'm going to correct all debts. I'm going to release all slaves. I'm going to return all people so that they don't have to live with the unimaginable. Jesus is going to unveil the ministry of release. It's amazing. Now, I hope you believe this. I hope you see that Jesus is the Savior that saves us from our suffering and will bring healing to a suffering world. And I hope you help others see this too. Because every person you meet is being held captive by something that words don't reach. That suffering is too terrible to name. It's unimaginable. But Jesus can reach them. Here's Jesus setting people free, changing the whole narrative of life, and giving us a hope to truly believe in. Jesus is shining a new light for us to see the world, and it too is unimaginable, but in the best possible sense, because it brings all of us release.